This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson, and with me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going tonight, Joe? Uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Just got a new chair or something there, or is it something else that we... <laughs> yeah, so in in just pre-recording discussions about tonight's movie, we our <laughs> other good friend and co-host, Ryan Steiskel, was on for a little bit, and then... Uh, recommended watching a trailer to an upcoming film that involves Japanese doll puppets in an anime type yeah. thing and it's just yeah skin crawly creepy for me it was like so. Jerry Gary, is it Jerry or Gary Anderson that did the Thunderbolts and all the, the uh, marionette shows I don't remember but how you say his name but yeah it was like that yeah. version of anime like Definitely uh, interesting. Probably not your cup of tea. Right? Not really. Not really. This is, and we'll get into it more, I'm sure, when we start talking about it. But otherwise, uh, yeah, otherwise doing okay. <laughs> Just literally five <laughs> minutes ago watching something that creeped me out. Um, how was your 4th of July? Oh, it was good. Uh, really non, I don't know, non-holiday this year, except that we were all off. We went uh, to my mother-in-law's house. The kids swam in the pool all day. Just kind of, yeah, pretty uh, low key. And then um, our our town, like Crystal Lake, where we live, does all of the the fireworks and Fourth of July stuff over the weekend prior to the fourth. So our our fireworks were actually okay. on the second, which uh, was Sunday night. And then uh, they have a, a festival down by the down by the lake called Lakeside Fest over Fourth of July weekend. But everything. Pretty much all the big like festivities are over by the by the Fourth of July, so there's not a whole lot to do here. Um, so yeah, but we did all that stuff. Went to Lakeside Fest. Went to uh, did saw the fireworks, all that good stuff. And yeah, by the fourth we were cool. all already done. So we yeah nice had a nice day. But, we uh our our neighbor put up a, a he puts up a pool every summer in his driveway and so his kids and the kids that live on one side of him and our kids he said you know hey if chip in for cleaning stuff for the pool they can swim in it all they want you know whenever nice so we can just yeah. look over and they're in the pool they're like 20 feet away um so yeah my son swam most of the day my daughter hung around and instagrammed inside <laughs> that's what she does <laughs> and we and we hung around outside. Kids these we, days. Yeah. Kids these days. All they do is the Instagramming. Um, <laughs> and then we went to the 4th of July the fireworks show that they did here down by the lake, uh, by Lake Winnebago in Oshkosh. But we uh, they had food trucks because they made a big thing of it. They were advertising. It was Festival Foods fireworks show thing. And, mm-hmm. and the fireworks show was good, but the, where we were, for some reason, just where we were, that part of the park doesn't get very good cell reception. Which we discovered, hmm. which is like, ah, eh, weird, who cares? Well, 
all the food trucks and the papers stuff are being advertised as you know they'll they'll take credit and cash and whatever. So we're like, all right, well we're we're here, we're here early, you know it's about six o'clock. Let's go over and get something from one of the food trucks. So my son and I wait in line for thirty minutes. I figured you're gonna have to wait. It's a yeah, big lots, park lots of people, big lots festival. of people. You're yeah. gonna be you're gonna be waiting. We waited thirty minutes. We get up there. I'm about ready to take the order, and I asked the guy, "You're still taking credit cards, right?" And he went, "Actually, no, we're not, because the reception's not good enough to swipe the card and the phone thing to go through." So I'm like, "God damn it! I don't have any cash on me." <laughs> so we waited in line for 30 minutes uh... for nothing. And so we, it was it was a late night last night. We got them back uh, after the fireworks show, after fighting traffic to get out of there. And then mm-hmm. made a very late night dinner at home, and everybody crashed <laughs> out. So uh, yeah, it was just shitty timing, you know. Like yeah, it sucks. And apparently, like the guy in front of me, he got it to go through because he paid with a card. But it was it was such a problem. They were like, "We're not doing it." I'm like, "Come on, <laughs> it's right here." <laughs> but just try, just try. I'm surprised no. they didn't just like humor you and like since they just got it to go through eventually that they would do it. But I think it took so long and the line was getting so long, they were like, "This yeah. is gonna hold things up." And so I get it. It just sucked. But, right. Um, and then yeah, I got up this morning today after being up really late last night and watched this delightful little flick. It is a delightful little flick, I think, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that that flick being the 1987 Stuart Gordon Charles Band production Dolls. It looked like a safe haven from the raging storm. It's an odd kind of place. Folks get it from Boris Karloff. Their hosts seemed like the essence of hospitality. You can stay here as long as you like. Wonderful. But appearances can be very oh. deceiving. What's the matter? Afraid of the dog? Mom, yeah. scared? Well, of course not. What's there to be afraid of? This house. Oh, don't be. Wonderful toys. Dolls, puppets, soldiers, ballerinas. Nobody wants a doll that's special anymore, that's one of a kind. The weather brings out creativity, it helps me in my work. What kind of work is that? Witchcraft? (laughs)
you're never too old to play with dolls. Until you're dead. Dolls. And uh, let me find you a quick uh, synopsis of that one. A group of motorists, including young Judy Bauer, her horrible father, her evil queen of a stepmother, and a meek businessman named Ralph, become stranded at a spooky mansion during a nighttime thunderstorm. The house's strange owners offer, an overnight, offer overnight lodgings, but with the dastardly intentions of making their visitors the playthings of their murderous toy dolls. Yeah, it kind of sums it up. I mean... Yeah, a little it, bit of uh, what you see is what you get. I mean, it is yeah. a murderous toy doll movie. Um, yeah, this one. Uh, yeah, what's your history with this one? I, I I don't think this was the first time you'd seen it because you, you definitely not uh, expressed some hesitation with uh, revisiting. Yeah. <laughs> so first and foremost, I have a thing about murderous toy movies. They just creep me out. I can. There's a bunch I can handle. Like any of the child's play movies are fine, but this one. I can watch it, but it's it creeps me out to this day. Uh, but yeah, because yeah. I watched it a lot as a kid. Um, my sister and I would rent this one pretty frequently in the early '90s, early to mid '90s. So, and I think I even have a copy of it ripped on DVD somewhere, but that's not one that comes out of the wallet very often. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. it's it's one I didn't see until I was an adult, but probably young adult. I think I probably saw it in like. I don't know, college or shortly after. Maybe I even watched this at... I might have even watched this at uh, when I was working at the video store in Pack okay. growing up. But, um, but yeah, I was older when I had seen it. I was not a kid anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I was uh, impressed with a lot of things about it. The fact that, I mean, it does have some significantly creepy imagery with the with the living toys and such. But I, it was also a very different kind of movie than a lot of the... Uh, kind of murderous toy things basically than child's play is it's a very different kind of um yeah which came out just like a year or two tone. later yeah and this has a a very like kind of gothic horror feeling big spooky haunted house kind of thing kind of spooky old couple um, yeah and yeah it's 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 a bit of an old-fashioned horror movie in a lot of kind ways of a, and a bit of a yeah gothic fairy tale of, yeah yeah absolutely yeah, definitely and, um, has fairy tale elements. Yeah, and and I think obviously the um, little killer doll thing <laughs> definitely is something Charles Band carries with him to his next founding his next company, Full Moon right. Entertainment, um, which one of their early successes is the Puppet Master series, which they've come to be known for, and then many other kind of spinoffs of that, and they've had toys whole, like, and yeah. Yeah, this whole kind of stable of characters of killer toys and dolls and, you know, all the way down to the gingerweed man and the stuff they're doing now. <laughs> That's That one's uh, a delight, though. Um, oh, it is. Yeah. This, I I remember seeing this at a young enough age where the beginning confused the hell out of me. Because it has a really strange beginning. Where yeah. it's this really rough thunderstorm. It's, this, like you mentioned, this evil stepmother, this real dickhead dad, and this little girl sitting in the back seat. Now they're in the car driving down a dirt road during a storm and they're arguing and stuff and she's clutching her teddy bear, the little girl is. And they get stuck, they get out and when they're walking to the house for help for no reason yeah, they at see all. A big like old 
Kind of like the scene from the beginning of the Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Show, Horror, yeah. Castle-esque, gothic, you know, horror, spooky old house in the distance with the light in the tower, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a weird setup right away that, you know, is familiar. <laughs> but for no reason yeah. at all, the stepmom grabs the little girl's teddy bear and chucks it into the weeds. Oh, and they're like, just like yeah. the worst people just like terrible. from the get-go just like yeah awful uh awful father and even worse evil stepmother you know so yeah. so it's it's the kind of situation and there's a mother we hear about that's off you know back in boston or whatever that is mm-hmm. apparently a saint but um but yeah so so you get right from the get-go you get that fairy tale set up you get the the little girl who's yep. stuck with her 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 dad who is you know kowtowing to the uh uh the the evil stepmother and um yeah so lots lots of fairy tale stuff right from the get-go right so chucks the bear into the weeds and then you you get they they, you know they do the little chimey noise that you're seeing the little girl's imagination but she imagines this that her teddy bear grows to you know eight feet tall (laughs) comes lumbering out of the woods and then shreds off the plush exterior to reveal this monstrous bear thing underneath that rips the arm off of the stepmom and mauls the dad and then shrugs his shoulders like what (laughs) when she scolds him like that's not very nice and that confused the shit out of me as a kid i'm like what is going on yeah it's funny because it it's one of the things about this movie that I feel like isn't quite sequenced right. Like because it's the first special effect, it's the first thing you see in this movie. Um, it is a bit. I don't know if it's technically confusing when you watch it as a doll. It's not really confusing. You get that she's kind of fantasizing, but it, it is definitely a little different than what you're going to get for the rest of the movie. right, including um, the effects. <laughs> yeah. So it's an interesting. It's 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 funny, and the effect works. Like at first, it's this really hokey-looking giant teddy bear, and then he like yeah. rips the the, the like exterior off, and he's this fierce beat, like fierce-looking beast underneath. But um, it's a weird scene. I I I, I it's yeah. gonna be like pretty much my only gripe. I think is like that it it might you probably could have cut that little bit and. You would yeah. have lost an effect that's pretty cool, but in general, it's kind of it's a little out of place. But yeah, it really it's really quite a, a strange beta, and that's in the first five minutes. And honestly, I think it only exists. It's only there to to keep your audience, your 1987 horror film audience, intrigued by this movie because otherwise, it's a fairly slow burn. Um, getting to the point where you start to see True. what's going on in the house. Um, so I think that's there just to kind of to to coin a term to wet the whistle of the horror fan, um, you know. Yeah, because once they get in the house, they sneak into like the basement because they think nobody mm-hmm. lives there. They think it's abandoned, and then you know lights. Well, they, turn they on. do knock first at the door. Yeah, they do, and nobody nobody responds. So, so it's it's a logical plan. Like, okay, we knocked, nobody answered, but we got to get out of this storm. So they. Sneak in through the basement, and then the old couple find them. And the old couple are pretty strange too. Um, and I want to uh, make sure I, I credit that's yeah. uh, um, Guy Rolf, who's a mm-hmm. fairly well-known British actor, and yep. uh, yeah. and Hillary Mason, another known well-known British actress. So yes, yeah, they both, both, both just 
pretty impressive uh, yeah. yeah resumes but yeah yeah so they uh, invite Guy Rolf I believe uh, actually goes on to play Andre Toulon in the uh, Puppet Master series later on oh so. yeah I think so yeah so but yeah but, he, he's he's actually incredibly fantastic in this movie I he's he's kind right. of the carrying weight of this whole thing like I, I really like him I like the old couple in general like Hillary Mason's great too yeah uh, she's kind of creepy in a way that, like, when I first saw this, I, I wouldn't have put it together because my, my grandmother was not as old yet and had gone gray and all this stuff. But she, she reminds me of my grandma now. At, like nine, My grandma's, like, 96 years old. But, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, Hillary Mason's performance in this just kind of reminds me of my grandmother, which is kind of creepy if you know her. So, um, <laughs> so they, they, um, they get invited upstairs and, you know, the 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 couple tell them they can stay for the night and then while they're giving him dinner you know giving him some soup or something um three more people arrive and you've got ralph isabel and enid isabel and enid are like british punk rock girls yeah punks yeah yeah they're easy cannon fodder in a movie like this um and and <laughs> yeah, ralph exactly. is ralph is kind of of a bumbling comic relief type guy played by stephen lee um, he, it's he is a bit, but he's also American like for some reason, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, he he's also like the of the adults, the one that is kind of, I guess they give him like the child at heart kind of character. So he's no. uh, he has an innocence about him that is um, leads him to you know later on as the as the film goes on to believe the things that Judy's telling him is going on and um. Yeah, kind of lends himself to. Yeah, it's actually for for being a short film, hour and a half, um, kind yeah. of like right on the nose. It, it's a it, you know it's a pretty decent script in in most of it. I mean the yeah they it they is. bring up like when she when um when Judy is asking him like do you trust kids do you trust when we tell you things you know that's that's kind of a good line it's a good scene. Um, you know, for for something like this, you also find out that Isabel and Enid are actually thieves. Like they're pickpockets, and their whole idea is that they were hoping yeah. to to pick his pocket when Ralph picked him up. Because you do see them in the very very beginning, when Judy and her family are driving down the road, they pass by these two girls. Yep, yeah, they're hitchhiking the yeah. alongside the road. So, and you get the impression they were going to rob ralph but then got stuck in the storm right and kind of were riding it out <laughs> because they didn't want to be a you know stuck on the side of the road and yeah and so uh, while they're they're sitting in their room listening to music on their boom box which is a very old statement but um <laughs> uh yeah hillary very loud comes, yeah quote, hillary comes in quotes, to check on them and, music then uh, and they get the impression talking to her that there's a lot of stuff in the house worth money so then they start thinking well we'll just wait until everybody goes to sleep and we'll we'll you know steal stuff from the house and they probably won't even notice because this house is full of old antiques or antiques as they call it in british slang <laughs> yeah which i didn't understand that was british slang until many years later like a style of british slang to mispronounce things like that that yeah i i just thought yeah, they I, were dumb and didn't know that they were called antiques <laughs> that's kind of what i thought too like the first, i i remember that line yeah I, that's just definitely the impression i got um the first time i saw it the uh yeah so 
it's kind of the, your standard um, car breaks down, find an old creepy house, everybody is invited to stay the night, and I mean... Think of think of the plot of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know I already brought that up once, yeah. but that's essentially what's going what's going on yeah. here until until of course everyone's shown to their respective rooms by the old the the creepy old couple that has taken it that takes a special shine to Judy the child. Yeah. Um. He Gabriel talks about that that he's a, a toy maker and that uh, he works out of, out of the house and uh, has his workshop. And everybody kind of is shown to their respective rooms. And then, yeah, throughout the night, we see each of them. Uh, well, it's starting with the two girls, the two punk girls that uh, decide to go rob the place, uh, run into the other occupants of the house. And that is Gabriel's uh, many dolls that uh, are actually yeah. living entities. Um and we're talking like most of these are the old-fashioned porcelain doll yeah, style porcelain face with the kind of and in this movie they really give them like these really humanistic lifelike eyes i mean and you'll find yeah. out at the end why that is so but um yeah so like they're, they're pretty much porcelain dolls with like human eyeballs yeah <laughs> the... and occasionally have like little sharp teeth and yep Nope. And and all the the doll stuff is either done through simple puppetry yep. or stop motion. Yep. Forgot and... a big a big detail, and that's that Gabriel gives uh, Judy uh-huh. a toy because she lost her bear. Gives her a little uh, punch doll, which says in because her name's Judy, so he picks out a punch doll to give yeah. to her. Um, creepy you know moon face. Doll is kind of like a, a moon faced, yeah. Um, known for like the Punch and Judy kind of puppet theater. Or puppet stand shows and such. I don't. don't I know there's a like a, a history that goes back to the Middle Ages with Punch and Judy. Uh, I don't know much else about it, but I can't really tell you the details. But um, so well, yeah, it so. kind of goes along with the, um, you know, the 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 couple themselves and the style of their house because a lot of these, you know, again, the dolls are kind of antique style. Uh, and he makes a point in talking about how as a a toy maker he he believes that you know good only the best toys are, are custom made because they right. mean something and he doesn't like this you know mass-produced toys so everything he makes is very specific and yeah i mean you, you look around his workshop and everything's different but they start the other thing with this film too like right off the bat you've got the weird bear scene but they don't really hide much in the foreshadowing throughout this first act because there's weird shit happening with the dolls right away. Like, eyes mm-hmm. are moving right away. They're grinning in a They're flash. They're turning you know? their heads and looking. They're turning their yeah. heads. There's the 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 bucket of doll parts that starts writhing. I mean, all yeah. this before you get into <laughs> any action. It's it's creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, the, the, the dad and stepmom are up in their room complaining about how they're going to ditch the little girl no just send her yeah back to boss plotting how they're gonna get rid of the, the kid they're just yeah. like the worst people <laughs> and how how david's gonna spend rosemary's money essentially yeah yep. so yeah they, they lay it on and thick. he wants to get rid of the the kid and yeah how, how the kid even ended up with them in the first place i yeah i have questions about the mom's judgment you know <laughs> but yeah you know they there's a scene where he's about ready to slap Judy for bothering him, 
and yeah, Rosemary well, when, stops when him. When she first says, sees the, yeah. the little people, yeah, the dolls. So The dolls. And, of course, he doesn't believe her, but he's tired of her telling stories, so he goes to actually, like, slap her, and Rosemary catches his hand and says, you know, if you hit her, you'll have to pay more child support, and that's my money you'll be spending. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but then she reminds Judy that she can hit her all she wants. So, yeah, they lay it on real thick that the, the parental figures here are huge pieces of shit. They're abusive. Yep. and so Abusive, negligent, don't want anything to do with her. Like, yeah, don't not not one bit of uh, concern about her until later in the film when the dad decides to be all defensive when he thinks Ralph is, you know, right acting inappropriately towards her. Not, not acting necessarily, but thinks he's yeah after her in some yeah. way. Um, uh, but it's when uh, I think that the action really picks up when Isabel starts her, you know, sneak out of the room and rob the mansion. Mm-hmm. And she goes into one room and. It's it's a cool scene. It's creepy. I mean, she's in there dark and with I think she has a flashlight and yep. she's looking over everything and there are these four dolls up on like a, a mantle with a music box and the music box keeps getting open and every time she looks at it the dolls' faces are different. Mm-hmm. And then she looks up at it when the music box plays by itself again and the dolls are gone. <laughs> and it's a really effective build up. Because you know something's going to happen, but you don't know what. And so there is a, a payoff there. And yeah, they you don't see them do it, but you see what's happening with her, where they knock her down, they hold her arms and legs, and they bash her head into the wall like a Yeah, ram just ride. like ram her into the wall like repeatedly. Yep. And then drag her away, and Judy sees her getting dragged away. Yeah, that's what Judy sees. And that that's what leads to the scene you were talking about when she sees her get dragged away. She'll run, she runs in and says that the elves stole which is what she calls him the first time she sees him yeah and uh, you know her her dad and stepmom don't believe her and they threaten her and she runs out of the room and she wakes up ralph and he's tired and creeped out anyway and then he notices that there's blood all over her slippers and so you know he starts to you know believe her that something's going on takes her more seriously and goes to help her see what's really going on right um and then it's one of the parts that just always makes my skin crawl is when they uh they're sitting i think it's in the kitchen or something or they're sitting somewhere together and she's clinging that punch doll and ralph's not sure whether he really believes it or not and the punch doll speaks and he's like you know it deep down inside ralph you know and it, oh <laughs> fuck that little thing! God damn! Yeah, really crazy. Got all the punch doll. No. <laughs> and so then one by one, you know, more of the, you know, the well, let's see who gets taken out next. Rosemary gets Rosemary. taken out. Rosemary. Yeah. Um, yeah, she couldn't be taken out fast enough. So, in my opinion, it's uh. <laughs> yeah. And then. Uh, Enid gets taken out by a bunch of toy soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing too is it, the David. The scene, yeah. Oh, sorry. The scene where uh, Enid goes looking for Rosemary is one of the another good like creepy scene when she is like. Or actually, is it Enid that goes, or was it when? Uh, it's actually when. Sorry, I, I misspoke. I think it's when Ralph and. Uh, judy go up into the attic space looking for 
where she got drug off to. Mm-hmm. And they're looking around. They don't actually, like, find anything. But in the background, you can see her strapped to that chair. Yeah. With the doll. Like, they, they put a, a doll face on her. But it's got, her, like, the, the eyeballs kind of sitting in the... And it just kind of, like, pops up in the dark, in the background for a moment. And then it's gone again. Uh-huh. And the characters in the scene don't actually see it. But... Yeah, it's just little touches like that are just like really, really well done in this. Like, I, I feel like that's a uh, Stuart Gordon's direction at work. I think in <laughs> in this. So. Well, I, by the way, I, this is this is like Stuart Gordon film number four. I think we've done on this podcast. So he's getting up there with one of the directors oh, we've done the most of. But yeah, he's he is one of my, you know, or was one of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I still love revisiting his stuff and. I, I think when I first saw this movie, it creeped me out, but I would watch it. And then it was like, ah, it's kind of dumb. And then I rewatched it when I realized it was a Stuart Gordon movie. And that I, don't, I can always rewatch something when I find out something new about it and kind of uh-huh. see it in a different light. And so I have a respect for this one, but it's still just, yeah, fucking little dolls. Can't stand <laughs> this shit, but yeah. Because uh, the when when David keep comes back into the bedroom after Rosemary's been killed and she's all covered up in this like blood soaked sheet, but he doesn't see yeah. the blood. And we can see the blood, but yeah, he can't. Yeah. It's in the foreground, and and he's trying to cuddle up with her, um, and he thinks that Ralph killed her. Yep. And yep. he doesn't. He like thinks that, that something's yeah. up with Ralph. He thinks he's a pervert or whatever because he's hanging out with Judy and he's with the two girls and. Yeah, so when he finds Rosemary dead, he assumes Ralph has killed her. Right. And so he goes on this, you know, rage, and he, you know, he's trying to, pretty much he knocks both of them out, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And that's when the punch doll comes to life and comes after him. Which, that's the hard part I have with this movie, is the the dolls are only going after really, really shitty people. So, it's not as scary, but it's just the way that they move around and stuff is creepy. So, I think stop motion is is the big reason for that. Stop motion is very effective because it's the way it works, not just in this movie, but in a lot of others, is it has this kind of, you know, unnatural... Yeah, style of movement. What people call, um, it's similar to what people call Uncanny Valley. Now it's something that you you could tell just isn't quite right. Like it looks real-ish, but it just doesn't, something's wrong with it. Uh, Stop motion always had that, um, and it's the frame rate. I think it's kind of like jerk, a little bit of a jerky movement that it has to it. Uh, But when done with something to tell a story with something like a doll or something that, that would have been made out of, you know, not flesh and blood, but you know, stuffing and and uh, plastic anyway. Like that that movement starts to make it almost more believable. I think in a way. Um, yeah, because I think when we reviewed Small Soldiers, you know, a few weeks ago, there's some scenes that it's puppets, and there's scene, you know, little animatronics, and then there's obviously scenes that are computer animated. And we were commenting about how, like in the end of that movie, the the final showdown up on the the power line the the chip hazard character you can tell it's computer animated because the way he's moving it's like those parts are too lifelike for a toy it almost would have been better in that kind of 
jerking motion, which you could still do with computer animation, but it looked too natural. Um, where it looks almost then kind of, it's so smooth it almost looks like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, in this live action background, the the blue screening with computer with a uh, with stop motion animation, and again, yeah, playing with the frame rate just makes it look different. It 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 does, especially it's very effective for movies like this where you're dealing with toys moving around. That mm-hmm. it it yeah it I don't think it, it that's why it doesn't work quite as well for organic creatures like if you saw and there's been movies of this like Valley of Guanji for example there are stop motion horses and yeah you can yeah. tell that's stop motion it it just it looks weird because you know that's how a horse doesn't move um, but when it's something real limited in its movement like a toy yeah it works really really well it. It really sells the idea that that's a toy walking around. Like, it just... Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it all that much more creepy. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, and when they used it in other things, like... Yeah, I, I don't know why the thing that comes to mind is uh, the Jim Henson movie, The Christmas Toy. But there's some stop-motion stuff in that that literally looks identical to this. And I still think it's a little creepy at times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, <clears throat> so... Ralph, not Ralph, Ralph and Judy are knocked out, and the dolls drag them away while David and Punch duke it out. And mm-hmm. David ends up destroying the Punch doll. Yep. And so now Ralph and Judy are safe, and the old couple, the Hartwicks, appear, and they explain that they're essentially like magic. And they're witches the, or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, they see toys as part of like an important part of your heart and part of childhood like your toys are unique and they're they're they won't let you down kind of a thing um oh before i get into that we forgot about the scene when ralph is finally confronted with all of the dolls in the workshop oh. yeah and, and he, he gets the he the naturally free pass, like... freaks the fuck out <laughs> and starts like stomping on them and shit and then yeah. they start fighting him and Judy calms everybody down, and then the dolls, yeah, have a little like discussion about whether they're, they're like, going to powwow. Yeah, yeah, that's just a weird scene too. Because again, that and that's, that's one of my complaints about this is I'm not sure what mood they're going for with this entire film. There's comedic parts, um, there's straight up horror, and then there are these kind of cute intended. I don't know if they're meant to be cute. They're still creepy, but. You know, all the dolls sitting, standing around talking and whispering and, you know, chattering at each other, you know, mm-hmm. about what to do with Ralph, whether let Ralph and Judy go. Is he, is he a bad guy or is he just scared? And they, they apparently decide that it's okay and they let him out. So then, yeah, then we get into He's a the, child at heart. Yeah. And, yeah. and so then, yeah, that's what the couple are talking about is, you know, your, your toys are the heart and soul of childhood and because adults have grown so bitter they essentially get turned to dolls so they can try again to bring joy to the world Mm -hmm. you know to be to be enjoyed by children and so as they're explaining this to david he starts transforming into in a really hideous series of effects turning (laughs) into a punch doll yep yeah, actually, the punch doll transformation is is I don't know if it's entirely convincing, but I think it's it's actually pretty. It works very well for the for what it is like the the way that his skin 
looks like it's turning into like plastic or whatever whatever yeah yeah porcelain i don't know what it would be made out yeah. of but like yeah he gets the big uh, moon face stretching of his jaw and his head and and then there's a really bad stop motion shrinking scene where he <laughs> shrinks down the whole time yep. he's making this weird little like ee noise <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, and like you said there's moments where it's almost played with a bit of levity like it's it's uh light and comic but in other places it's very you know kind of dark and gothic and um kind of classic horror as well um i feel like those two things exist in like a in like throughout the entire film and kind of like play off of each other pretty well i sans maybe the teddy bear scene at the beginning i i feel like it it maintains that kind of light-hearted yet gothic horror <laughs> thing uh pretty well like i don't find it to be like i don't feel like it's having identity crisis once it gets into the mansion i feel like that it establishes it's what it is that it's kind of a dark comedy in a way i wouldn't say it's a comedy though it, there are certainly comic moments but i don't know if it's well, ever laugh out loud funny there but... there's one really great laugh out loud moment and that's the next morning when Ralph and Judy wake up and the Hartwicks are trying to convince them that it was just a dream. But Ralph wakes up and he's like, where are the dolls? And he looks right at the camera and screams, the killer dolls! <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, I mean, it's also a bit of a wink to what's about to come with all Charles Band's full moon stuff because he throws in stuff like that every now and then. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. You know, Once... once... Once full moon comes around and the puppet master and and everything kind of follows that, um, yeah, I think I think he totally leans into the comic, yeah, uh, and he also leans into the you know because puppet master each one of these different puppets kind of has a thing that they do you know like yeah they're, they're themed in some way and and the, the toys become the stars of the movie uh, in this one the dolls how even though you know they're all kind of creepy. They don't really have a unique character except for maybe the Punch doll. But even Punch yeah. doesn't really... He's he's a featured doll, but I, don't know if it, don't, I wouldn't say he really has a personality or a, or a thing to him. The yeah. Way that, yeah. The way they, and they do later on in the Full Moon movies. but That's true. Yeah, they, they don't really... They're, they're kind of a, a force in and of themselves. But And then, again, kind of like what's to become a future full moon movies uh, they don't really know how to end it so they just kind of wrap everything up real quick with <laughs> like oh yeah they try to convince him it was a dream and then the old man gabriel has this fake letter that's like oh well we you he know, just here's a letter from your dad he left he doesn't and... even pretend very well that it's not fake he's just kind of like yeah here's this letter <laughs> yeah here's this letter your dad left with some money for you and Ralph to fly back to Boston so you could live with your mom. And I'm a bad dad, so we're, we just think you'd be better off with your mom. Good luck. Uh, we're changing our name. We're moving to another country. Bye. Yep. And, <laughs> and I, again, understandably, Ralph's like, this doesn't make sense. He has to read the letter. Gabriel throws it in the fire, and he takes that as a cue, like, fuck it. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> I, I like the way Ralph plays that. Like, the way he, as a character, like, 
deals with that. He's like very suspicious at first, but then when 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 Gabriel kind of gets insistent and burns the letter, he's like, "Okay, we'll just yeah. leave then." Like on that note, and then <laughs> as they're leaving, um, you see on the mantle you've got the the dolls of Enid, Isabel, Rosemary, and David sitting there. Rosemary and David dolls look at each other and start shaking, and outside another car of parents is pulling up and getting stuck in the mud so yeah they get stuck in the mud and they're being nasty their kid right you know like pretty much a repeat situation and then yeah as we've learned like all of the the not pure at heart people that have you know come come into this this house or gotten stuck on the road or whatever have become transformed into all of these dolls which live in the house and which leads me to a question so at the very end, when you see the the David and Rosemary dolls, and they're they're like shaking their little hands, and they're they're upset because now they're dolls. Mm-hmm. I assume all the dolls feel that way. So why are they helping? And I I don't get it. Like it, I think it has a little bit to do with the idea of redemption, the way that Gabriel talks about it, and like yeah. you know, like being finding your inner child and being you know a second chance to make the world better like he he kind of says a bunch of lines like that it wasn't literally to make the world better but something along those lines getting a second chance yeah and i think that that's kind of the idea i can't see you know specifically i can't see david and rosemary really take taking him up on that idea well yeah so like so I guess I'm led to believe that all the dolls that were having their powwow about whether to let Ralph live or not, you know, were were all once really really shitty people that have now been transformed into dolls and they're living in this crazy magical old couple's house. Yeah. And they're seeing their plot to turn more people into dolls and they've just kind of like, yeah, you know what? They were right. <laughs> Let's get on board with this. Or yeah, maybe, you know, we're lethal. We could turn on them. But then, you know, what's going to happen? Maybe so, it's part part of the magic. Maybe they start to come around to it. I don't know. Yeah, it does, that, to me, that's It doesn't really holder. make a whole lot of sense that criminals would be like, oh, now that I'm a doll, I guess I'll take them up on this uh, yeah. second I'll, chance at life. It doesn't get me out of being a doll. I'll just be a, you know, a good doll instead. Like, yeah. But, yeah. But. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It never did make a, the puppet master made more sense. Like they were defending something. This was just right. I don't know. So but yeah, yeah, that's dolls. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It, well, it kind of swept up in like the the spirit of this movie. I I don't think you ever take a, a whole lot of time to think about it until you know now when yeah. you discuss it. But exactly. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but no, we we talked about the stop motion being so good. I just want to mention uh, David W. Allen did mm-hmm. that stop motion. He also did special effects on things like The Howling, Twilight Zone the movie, Young Sherlock Holmes, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Willow, um, as well as a bunch of Charles Band stuff like Puppet Master, Brighter Reanimator, Subspecies, and, of course, Demonic Toys. So, yes, I always yeah. like to give the, the stop-motion people their props because they, they do some really oh, cool stuff. And It's my, you know, my favorite stuff in special effects history, probably. Like I, I love the stop-motion animation. Yeah. Um, I miss that, so love it when I get a chance to see some of it. Um, 
Yeah, one thing we didn't mention about the dolls uh, in this is the porcelain. We, I know we mentioned multiple times the porcelain faces, but like uh, the one scene where uh, the porcelain faces keep getting broken and there's like these little like yeah. gray creepy creatures inside. Tr basically shrunken, shriveled little people, I guess, is the idea. But um, yeah, that, that, that one scene is very odd because it, it leads you to believe there's there might be something like kind of otherworldly like they're like little monsters or something but nope they're yeah, just shrunken down people not like, really explained um you know yeah. they're like little people in these little doll suits i don't know it, it yeah it's not really explained it's just creepy and weird and um this yeah this movie gets a lot of uh credit for the atmosphere that it builds the the spooky old house the dolls give kind of getting under your skin and giving you the creeps. The kind of mystery of exploring the the old, you know, the gothic horror element, the the spooky old house and wandering around with the flashlight, and you know, uh, um, yeah. it does all of that stuff so well that I think you forget about some of the other little nitpicks <laughs> that that perhaps it doesn't perfectly pan out. And then there's the the kind of you know fairy tale aspect. The Stuart Gordon um, himself said that when he read Ed Naha's script for this that uh. Um, he kind of saw it as a horror version of Hansel and Gretel. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so I could see that. Um, uh. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple movie. It's it's pretty brief. Like it's its runtime's not long. It's about eighty minutes or so. Like um, yeah, it does what it needs to do, and I I think very effectively and and. Is yeah, what it is. there was a. I guess there was discussion at one point about a sequel. Uh, the idea would have been that Judy would get a box sent from England that has Gabriel and Hillary, the toy makers, as dolls, but it never, never went anywhere. Like it, it was <laughs> never, it never, never took off. But and yeah, maybe something like this is probably just better as a standalone. Anyway, it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, but I don't know. It, again, circumstantial. This came out around a time when there were. A, I didn't see this when it first came out, but shortly you know within a few years after i remember like yeah four, three or four years later i probably saw it um i didn't i mean 1987 yeah i probably saw it in 89 or 90 um if not a little bit later but there were a lot of these killer toy movies coming out and it didn't help much that my sister collected porcelain dolls at this time <laughs> so she had a shit ton of these things say. in her room that i just didn't go into it's like yeah no, this movie will make you after watching this, you will be uncomfortable in any room full of porcelain face dolls. I think like that's just gonna, yeah, yeah. always do it. I remember when we talked about way back um, when we talked about the uh, the Tommy Knockers TV movie. There's yeah, that scene in that movie with all the, the porcelain face dolls, and that always kind of remind it always kind of yep. everything with those room full of dolls always brings me back to this now. So, yeah, yep, that's it's, I've got this file cabinet in my head of like lists of movies that have a thing that I don't like and there's a big one about killer doll killer toy movies or just anything with creepy puppets and, and you know it's like that movie is off limits to something I want to casually watch because it has this is in there uh, Tommy Knockers is in there. Sound of Music is in there. <laughs> All those, yeah. just like yeah, whatever I, that is that Ryan showed us today is now in there. That is in there. That weird yeah. All that stuff is, yeah. Anything with Thunderbirds? Nope. Just not going to do it. <laughs> so I didn't even want to see the live-action Thunderbirds because I was like, ah, it's based on those puppets. <laughs> didn't like that. Just, 
Yeah. But so yeah, that's dolls. So that is. <laughs> do you yeah. have a, a want to do grades and uh, yeah. final thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah. What What do you think of dolls? Well, I, again, I, I'm trying to watch this from a review perspective and not from how creeped out it made me as a kid. But I want to point <laughs> I still watched it a lot as a kid. Or mm-hmm. at least a young teen kind of a thing. I, I saw this a lot. It always kind of freaked, not freaked me out. I didn't have like nightmares about it, but it was just one that somebody's put it on and be like, ah, fine, I guess. Kind of like I did when you brought it up. Um, yeah. So, it for 1987, the effects are actually not that bad. There's a few... For also being a relatively low budget, it, it was made on $2 million. It grossed 3.5, so, and I don't think they did a lot of uh, promotion for it. So, you know, it made its money. Um, yeah. And it, it has a, a decent budget for effects. The stop motion was still really commonly used in 1987, and this is pretty well done. The puppetry is good. The bear scene in the beginning is probably their biggest effect budget thing, and it's fine. It just doesn't feel right in that scene and that's kind of like i'd mentioned before some of my gripes about this is i can't tell what kind of movie this wants to be it's marketed as a horror film the poster's a horror film um you know it's got all the elements but they lean into the gothic fairy tale just enough where it feels like it's also that and then there's these bizarre kind of comedic elements like the bear scene is actually really funny Mm -hmm. but it's just yeah, the way he does the uh, like shameful yeah, shrug, the like. shrug. So, it's it's a bit all over the place in tone. Um, when it commits to the horror stuff, it's it's effective. So, and and the performances are good for a little you know kid actors are always kind of hit or miss, but the the little girl who who played um, Judy in this, uh, Carrie Lorraine, she does a pretty good job for mm-hmm. a little kid. Everybody else is is really good in it um I, I still think yeah guy rolf is excellent stephen lee cracks me up in this like he's he's a, a really good comic relief in it, and he is definitely a a likable character in this uh so yeah. i can't really shit on it despite the fact that it creeps me out makes me uncomfortable but uh i'm actually gonna go with a b on this one like a, a steady b yeah and I feel like I'm going to echo a lot of that stuff about it. I, I think the one the one thing that I feel like this movie does incredibly well is uh, capture I mean, what we've been referring to as like that gothic fairy tale atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, and that that comes right down to the, the way they shot and portrayed the house that this this takes place in, kind of the the scenario, the you know old old English mansion in the middle of the night. Um, you know, um, something kind of spooky going on, and also the performances from from Guy Ralph and uh, Hillary Mason in this are are as the um, as the Hartwicks is uh, kind of adds to it. It's just a really great kind of almost uh, Guy Ralph is almost channeling like the, the character from I don't remember what what. His name is from the the Poe story, but more I'm thinking more of Vincent Price's depiction of of the Usher, whatever his first name Usher and Fall of the House of Usher is. Oh yeah, uh, in the Corman film, but yeah, um, so lot lots of like old school um, 
horror movie vibes, the Corman Poe movies, uh, a lot of, you know, kind of Vincent Price, Boris Karloff, <laughs> uh, silver screen horror. And the way it does that is, is, is very, very good. And for that to come out in 1987, mm-hmm. kind of a love letter to that kind of like old fashioned horror, I think is, um, I don't know, I think that's what I like the most about it. Uh, the dolls are effectively creepy. I really think the special effects work well. Um, the characters are all uh, pretty much, I mean, besides the one you're su- some ones you're supposed to like, but are kind of equally detestable and you don't mind watching them get picked off. Um, you're kind of rooting for the dolls in a way, even though they're creepy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think as a predecessor to everything that's going to come later at Full Moon from, uh, from Charles Band's uh, work, it's... Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty thoroughly entertaining. Even though we, I think we nitpicked a little bit uh, at some of the plot holes. I, I think it's you're, you're right on the money where it belongs. I think it's a, for me it's a B plus. Um, but it's 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 kind of a favorite because it's a little bit of a time capsule being made in the '80s and and even even now I don't think we see a whole lot of like really classic style um, gothic horror movies uh, as much as I think. Uh, our old pal Tim Burton wants to think he's doing this. He's not yeah. doing this as well as they do here. So, <laughs> I would agree, especially with that. I mean, there's still a place for these kinds of, of films. Um, but, I don't know. I think the... I Also, keep in mind, this, keep, this takes place in 1987. Mm-hmm. And updating it... I don't know. I mean, these these people look like they're from the early 1900s. Yeah, and that in in that setting at this time, I mean that they seem like a weird, creepy old couple, but not entirely off-putting enough where you wouldn't stay there for the night if they asked, right? Like, hey, I'm crash here. You're stuck in the mud. Right. It's believable. I think today they'd have to up it where they look like they were, you know boomers or something i don't know <laughs> slightly right. older um yeah you you see people that are like straight out of the 19th century now in 2023 it's like okay something's weird like that did i just walk yeah. through a time warp or something like, yeah i think if they tried to update something like this it, it wouldn't be as effective but i and i think the effects make it effective i think that like we were talking about with the stop motion you really need that so everything i've seen more recently that is about like toys getting up and moving around and it's computer animated it just doesn't work quite as well it's so. not as fun i mean we talked about that like you brought up the small soldier show and i totally agree and, and we, we talked about it yeah. then too but uh the the parts the special effects that worked for me in small soldiers were the ones where they used the stop animation and they actually looked like toys um versus the computer animation which wasn't even bad computer animation considering when it was made it just yeah it yeah. just well, and I quite, think yeah. there's something you know too. If you if you know anything about stop motion animation, the basics of how it works, right? You know, because that was something that has I think anybody who grew up watching stop motion knew how it worked. It was you have a model, you move it, you take a picture, you move it, you take a picture, and so on. From those that, old way back, the old films of Willis O'Brien doing the King Kong exactly stuff. That yeah. was actually a thing that was moved and recorded. And, and photographed. So, yeah. And photographed. So when you're watching little creepy dolls moving around in its stop motion, those really are little creepy dolls <laughs> that are moving oh, yeah. around <laughs> just with stop motion with a, with a camera effect. But that thing actually exists on set. 
on some kind of a set. So, yeah, yeah it's all out there somewhere, and I can find one and get you one someday. Yeah, uh, great, thanks. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's our review of dolls. We would also love to know what any of our uh, listeners think of dolls or any of these other kind of creepy killer doll movies. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm not creeped out already. Please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or at our Facebook and Instagram pages for the Video Junkyard Podcast. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And I hope you come back and join us here on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Lots of good movies coming up. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at Wayne's World, um, then uh, followed by La Bamba. Uh, the Ewoks movie, otherwise known as Ewoks Caravan of Courage, and the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito vehicle twins. Um, lots of great stuff also to follow. Or if you want to go back and peruse our over 250 other shows that we have in the archive, um, check out any of those. Uh, also, we would like to encourage you, if you have a favorite forgotten movie or guilty pleasure that we haven't reviewed on the show, uh, send it our way and we'll be happy to take a look at it. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, and keep an eye out, uh, when we, uh, talk about La Bamba for Stephen Lee as the big bopper. So that's right. We'll be I didn't seeing even remember him that again until you brought that up. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, we want to thank you once again for listening and we hope you check us, check us out for those future episodes. And until then, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Miracle Branson. Have a good evening. Look, look, I swear to God, mister, there are some crazy toys down there that can kill people. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard <laughs>